Shalom, welcome to another Pod for Israel. I am really excited to be here with you. My name is Dr. Seth Postel. I'm here with Dr. Golan Broshi. Really good to be together. And we're actually starting a new series, and we're very excited about it. It's called The Case for Messiah, an Old Testament defense for the New Testament faith. Now, I realize that there are a lot of different channels out there in YouTube where the Messianic interpretation of prophecies of the Old Testament are being called into doubt. Christians are, are getting concerned that, well, maybe the Hebrew Bible doesn't really speak about Jesus. Maybe, maybe my translation of the Old Testament has been corrupted. And so the purpose of this series is to look at the Hebrew Bible and to provide really solid reasons for the Messianic interpretation of these passages that we know and love and show how a careful interpretation actually strengthens our faith. And so we're praying for you and we're praying that this new series will actually help solidify your faith and give you reasons, more reasons to believe and more reasons to share your faith. And so today I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about Isaiah 53. Isa Isaiah 53. How exciting. <laughs> Actually, with 52 before it, right? That's Starting right. From 52. Isaiah 53. Yes. So it's, it's a popular yeah, chapter. Because there's some objections lately. Actually, not lately, but there's some objections which are saying that this chapter is talking not about a singular servant, not about the Messiah, but about the Jewish people as a whole. Which is interesting because I think that maybe a lot of Christians that have heard about Isaiah 53, they, you know, for them, they look at Isaiah 53 and it says, and they say, wow, it's so simple. This is about Jesus. And then suddenly they hear arguments uh, that this passage in context is not about the Messiah. It's about Israel. And, and I think the foremost uh, interpreter was Rash, Rashi, Rashi that started this. Rashi, that's right. So Rashi, I mean, obviously we have earlier interpretations, but mm -hmm. Rashi was one of these interpreters that he argued that Israel here is the servant. And we could almost say, well, it makes sense, right? In some ways, because Israel is the servant of the Lord. If we look at the larger context, Isaiah 40 through 55. That's what I wanted to ask you about the context, because they say the context is talking about the servant of the Lord being Israel. So is it so? Is it? Is well, yes and no, right? Yes and no. So the servant of the Lord, it's interesting. Isaiah 41, 8 and 9, right? Isaiah 41, verse 19. Isaiah 43, verse 10. 44, verses 1 and 2. Mm. I could go on. So there are very clear verses that actually say that Israel is the servant of the Lord. In singular, right? A servant in singular. In Hebrew, it's Correct. singular. And it refers to Israel as a people. And so very often that's used as an argument. You see, every time in this whole passage from chapter 41 onward, Israel is the servant of the Lord. And so, of course, Isaiah 52, verse 53, yeah. 13 It, you know, the, the Israel is the servant of the Lord. So that's that's one of the arguments. We're gonna we're gonna talk we're about gonna go that in a minute. A, yeah, many arguments. There's another interesting argument that that actually Rashi used that I think is a very interesting argument. And I, in order to show this argument, I want to look at the context. Isaiah 52, mm -hmm. Isaiah 52, verse 13. We know this passage. Behold, my servant will prosper. Mm -hmm. Now, Rashi says, this is Israel, mm -hmm. and he will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted, just as many were astonished at you, my people, 
Okay, this is the New American Standard, but just as many as were astonished at you. So his appearance will be marred more than, than any man and his, and his form more than the sons of men. Now listen to verse 15. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Hebrew. You speak Hebrew? <laughs> A little bit. Okay, good. <laughs> Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Mm-hmm. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him for what they had not, for what had not been told them they will see. And what they had not heard, they will understand. So here's what Rashi says. Verse 15 is the reaction of the Gentiles. It's the reaction of the kings. They're in shock. We didn't realize that Israel, we we hated Israel. We didn't realize that Israel was was the servant of the Lord. And now, verses 1 uh, through six, you've got this confession. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord, arm of the Lord been revealed? Rashi says that that's the confession of the nations. Mm. So that's the context, the immediate context. So now the nations are saying, right? What are the nations saying? He was despised and forsaken of men. That is Israel, right? Like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised and we didn't esteem Israel. Yeah. And just for the record, you know, when... In, in verse in chapter uh, 52 verse 13 my behold my servant just for the record we have to say that ancient Jewish Tirgumim uh, translations to Aramaic and ancient Midrashim says it, it talks about the Messiah so actually we have to defend <laughs> right but but listen here it's it's very interesting because verse 4 surely gri- surely our griefs he himself yep. bore in other words this whole confession that he was smitten that he was stricken that he died for our sins this is the nations. Rashi is saying this is the nations. This is talking. the nations that are talking and they're actually confessing Israel died for us. And so that's. So we're going to talk about that. We, well, later, we, of course, yes. we're going to need to talk about it. And then another argument I've mm-hmm. heard, right? Another argument that this is that, that the servant of the Lord in Isaiah 53 is Israel's because, well, if you look at the context, exactly. Isaiah 52 is about Israel, Isaiah 54 is about Israel. Mm-hmm. And so, of course. And, Isaiah 53 is about Israel. called the the, the servant songs, right? The servant songs from 41, 42. Well, the servant songs, interestingly enough, not the whole passage is the servant songs. We actually have four servant songs in the context of Isaiah 40 through 55. So maybe, yeah, maybe we can tackle this. Let's talk about the context and the servant of the Lord. Who Who is the servant of the Lord beginning from 41 or 42? Yeah. So... Let's start by talking about context because obviously the, the, the bottom line is when we come to Isaiah 53, and I think this is where many mm-hmm. times Christians get a little bit stumped, is they've not considered the context. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the New Testament has very good reasons for identifying Isaiah 53 as an individual servant who suffers for the nation of Israel. Like some of the Midrashim. At, yeah. and, and also some of the inner biblical commentary. Exactly. But let's just take a step back and say, well, what is the context? Isaiah 40 through 55, this, many scholars, many scholars call this section of Isaiah, Isaiah's new exodus. Wow. Isaiah's new exodus. You see exodus in Isaiah. Well, the prophets, when they studied the, the, the Torah and they studied the narratives of the Torah, there's an, an expression, okay. the deeds of the fathers are assigned to the sons. Yeah, project on the sons. Correct. Yeah. So Israel's exodus out of Egypt became for Isaiah, not just the good thing that God did in our past, but the amazing thing that God will do in the future. It's gonna be a theme. Yeah. So it's a theme. So let me read some verses, okay? okay. Isaiah 42, verse 16. 
I will lead the blind by, by a way they do not know and paths they do not know, I will guide them. I will make darkness into light. You hear that? Before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do and I will not leave them undone. Isaiah 43 verses 15 through 19. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord who makes a way through the sea mm. and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the mighty man. They will lie down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. Do not call to mind the former things. In other words, don't think about the first Exodus or ponder the things past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. You will not be aware, or will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers into the desert. A couple more verses, just mm -hmm. to show you that this is a new Exodus. They did not, this is Isaiah 48, verse 21. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made the water flow out of the rock for them. He split the rock and the water gushed forth. And finally, Isaiah 51, verse 10. Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a pathway for the redeemed to cross over? So let's make it clear. The Hebrew is really clear. I mean, the uh, You're looking at the Hebrew, right? And so it is so clear that in order to understand Isaiah 40 through 55 in the context of the book, we have to realize that Isaiah is presenting Israel's redemption, and it's important, Israel's, Israel's redemption. redemption. Not, the, not, the, not the nations. Not the nations. The nations will be blessed by Israel's redemption, but the focus is a future exodus, a redemption of Israel. of Israel, and they are in exile. Why? Because of their sins. And so the book, the, 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 the whole beginning, listen to this, Isaiah, Isaiah 40, mm -hmm. let me read it. Comfort, oh, comfort my, comfort my people, says your God. This is Isaiah 40, verse 1. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity has been removed, Amen. that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. The whole context is about Israel's slavery, not just to foreign nations, but to her sins. It's a story about redemption. Redemption of Israel. Correct. So are we agreed, Golan, I mean, you're looking at the Hebrew here, right? Are we agreed that Isaiah, the context of Isaiah 40 through 55 is Israel's sec exodus? Second exodus, Israel exodus and projecting for a second exodus. A redemption for Israel, and that's the point that you're making, redemption for Israel. For Israel, we'll see why that's so important in a minute. Now, we talked about the fact that this, there are many passages here that God does refer to Israel as the servant of the Lord, but, but, there are four passages that scholars call uh, the servant songs. Mm -hmm. The servant songs, okay? Singular. Singular. Now, well, the servant of the Lord in the other places is singular. However, and here's what's really important. In these four places, Isaiah 42, 49, mm -hmm. 50, and 52, 13 through 53, 12, mm -hmm. there are four places where a singular servant is highlighted as the key to Israel's redemption. For the redemption of Israel. In other words... The second Moses? It's, you took the words right out of my mouth there, <laughs> Golan. Exactly. In other words, Isaiah 42 presents this spirit-filled servant who will lead out the captives, out the blind, right? 
Isaiah 49, you have a servant that'll regather the tribes of Israel, okay? Isaiah 50, mm -hmm. you have this servant who is spit on, who's despised, whose beard is plucked out. Isaiah 52, 13 through 53, 12, this despised figure through whom the nation receives redemption. Now you nailed it. Yeah, and by the way, when, when, when it says my servant, it's exactly how Moses is portrayed. God, God called him my servant. So the illusion is really strong, especially if you read it in Hebrew, my servant, my you, servant. You're picking on, you're peeking on my notes. No <laughs> peeking, Golan. Listen, I, Exodus 14, verse 31. Exodus 14, verse 31. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Exactly. Deuteronomy 30 verse, 34, verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died in the land of Moab. Yeah. Joshua 1, 1. I could keep going on. Now, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. And so there's no question that, that, that Israel is referred sometimes in this story of this exodus as God's servant. But when God speaks to this, this servant, right, blind, sinful, rebellious. It's a specific servant. But then there's another servant who does a lot of Moses type stuff. Mm. But if we have a new exodus. We need a new Moses. There it is. And if I'm going to understand Isaiah 53 correctly, in its context, it's about the, the redemption of Israel yeah, exactly. through God's servant, this new Moses, right? By the way, Isaiah in, in, in entire entire book is rebuking Israel from, from their sins. So we need the second Exodus. We need a second Moses, right? <laughs> Let me read a few more verses that are just so amazing, right? It's just so amazing. So context, context, context. Mm -hmm. They say in real estate, what? Location, location, exactly. location, right? So if we look at Isaiah 52, verses mm -hmm. 10 through 12, right? We're gonna look at that. Isaiah 52, verses 10 through 12. And I'm gonna kind of read each of these verses, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna show you that the context of the servant of the Lord in the very next chapter is a new exodus. Here's Isaiah 52, verse 10. Mm -hmm. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, that the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. Whose salvation? Israel's salvation. Where does that come from? Exodus 14, 13. But Moses said to the people, do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which, will, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today will never see them again forever. Again, you would expect the proclamation of seeing the salvation of the Lord in the context of this new Moses. Isaiah 52, verse mm -hmm. 11. Depart, depart, go out from there. Tsu, tsu, Misham, yeah. right? That's Exodus language. Exodus 12, verse 31, rise up, get out, depart from among my people, both you and the sons of Israel. Notice, verse 52, verse 12, but you will not go out in haste, chipazon. Wow, it's Isaiah is reading Exodus. It's exactly, that comes exactly <laughs> from- Reading Exodus. Here it is, Exodus 12, verse 11, now you shall eat in this manner with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat in haste. Chipazon, yeah. It is the Lord's Passover. Now I find this amazing. In the context of this language of New Exodus and the Lord's Passover, Isaiah 53 is talking about a lamb for Israel's redemption. Exactly. The lamb, yeah. The lamb. <laughs> Isaiah 52, verse 12. For the Lord will go before you. Sound familiar? Exodus 13, 21. 
The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way. Notice this, the last part of 52 verse 12, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Exodus 14, 19, and the pillar of cloud moved before them and stood it's behind copy them. It's copy paste. But again, Isaiah's trying to tell us something. Whose redemption are we speaking about? Israel. It exactly. has to be Israel, right? That is the context. Of course, Israel's Isaiah 52, Isaiah 54. But it's not just Israel generally, it's Israel's redemption. It's Israel's redemption. So if, if Isaiah 53 is speaking about the redemption of the nation, the atonement of the nations. Something is out of context, yeah. It's, this is out of whack. It's, uh, context, context. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, so, so it seems like Isaiah was reading the Exodus. He was expecting a second Exodus and a second Moses. And the only question is, who is this? Who is the second Moses? And of course, we think that Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53 are describing it. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, it's interesting, again, when I hear some of the people speaking on YouTube and they kind of mock, they take this and we're not going to do that. We're going to be not. respectful. But this kind of almost making Christians feel like they're, they're, they're dumb for actually saying, hey, this is about an individual servant. But you know what? Here's what's really interesting. What's the best commentary on scripture? Scripture. Are you sure? Yep. Of course. Why is that the best commentary? It's inspired. Yep. It's inspired. So not only do we have the context where the best way to read Isaiah, Isaiah 40 through 55 and the servant songs is in the context of an Exodus and a new Moses. Mm -hmm. I so want to... Yeah, we have to let scripture interpret scripture. Okay. I have proof. From the text. I have proof from the book of Jeremiah of a, an interpretation that, that does not see Isaiah 53 as the nation. But sees it as an individual. Watch this. Okay. You're going to be amazed. Jeremiah 11, Are probably, you so, right? You should put on your seatbelt, yep, okay? Yep. Here we go. We're in Jeremiah 11, mm -hmm. verses 18 through 23. We're in Jeremiah 18, uh, Jeremiah 11, verses 18 through 23. And what's really important here, we see it in the English, but the Hebrew is so much more clear. So I'm going to read the passage, and then we'll talk about it and why it's so important. Mm. So Jeremiah finds out that the people of Anatot, where he was from, they were the yeah. priestly tribe, right? They're the priests, a priestly city just outside of Jerusalem. The Lord reveals to him that they're going to assassinate him. Jeremiah was this despised, weeping prophet. Nobody liked him. Right? Like many other prophets. That's the cartis bikur. Yeah, that's the, the destiny of the all the visiting card, right? Yeah. So here we go, verse 18, chapter 11. Moreover, the Lord made it known to me, and I knew it. Then you showed me their deeds. Ready for this? Mm -hmm. But I was like a, a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. That's almost word for word, Isaiah 53, verse exactly. 7. And I did not know that they had deceived plots, devised plots against me, saying, let us destroy the tree with its fruit, and let us cut him off from the land of the living. Again, that, quote... <laughs> that his name would be remembered no more. Listen, that's Isaiah 53, verses seven through eight. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that was led to slaughter, like a sheep that is silent before it cheers, so he did not open his mouth, but by oppression and judgment, he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that? He was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. Hmm. You know what's interesting? So Rav Saadia Gaon, Yes, right? From the 10th century. Bef yeah. Right, before Rashi. Mm -hmm. He argued 
that Isaiah 53 was about Jeremiah. Wow. Why did he say it? Because Jeremiah actually takes this passage and he, he, he finds application to the fact that... He identifies with it. He is within his nation a suffering servant that is despised and rejected. They want to cut him off. They want to kill him. Now... But you're going to argue it's, it couldn't be Jeremiah. So I'm sure be that, Jeremiah. well, exactly. So, so like anti-missionaries. But at least, at least this rabbi is saying it has to be an individual, a prophet. He thinks it's Jeremiah, but it couldn't be Jeremiah. It has to be a different. Do you know why it can't be Jeremiah? Hmm. Why? Context, context, context. I want you to notice Jeremiah takes this verse and he applies it to himself, right? Mm -hmm. I was a lamb like the slaughter. They said to him, let us cut, off, cut him off from the land of the living. I'm going to keep reading, okay, mm -hmm. uh, starting in verse 19, 20, okay. But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not know that they had devised plots against me, saying, let us destroy the tree with its fruits. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, mm -hmm. that his name may be remembered no more. But, here it goes, but, O Lord of hosts, who judges righteously, who tries the feelings and the heart, and the heart let me see your vengeance on them. For you, have, for you have I committed my cause. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the men of Anatot who seek your life, saying, Do not prophesy in the name of the Lord so that they, they will not die at our hand. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I'm about to punish them. In other words, the persecution of, of, of Jeremiah not only didn't bring healing, <laughs> but brought judgment. Wrath. So basically, this whole context is that Yes, Jeremiah applies this passage to himself, but obviously it can't completely apply to Jeremiah. Why? Because Jeremiah basically calls down punishment on the people yeah, of Anatot. Judgment. judgment for unjust, his, the unjust treatment. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was treated like a lamb to, to the slaughter. They wanted to cut him off from the land of the living, but they don't. So there's no redemption in the end of, there's only of, wrath. of, of Jeremiah's persecution. No uh, redemption. None at all. But the servant of the Lord in Isaiah 53, unlike Jeremiah, he actually is despised and rejected. And through his Offers being substitution. this way, he substitutes and he dies for the people who reject him. Also, what's interesting is that Jeremiah basically lived at the time of the downfall. Mm. Of, of Israel, but the context of the servant of the Lord is the future, this future messianic exodus. And so the point is, and let's be clear, it's so important. Mm -hmm. if, if I'm going to ask an anti-missionary or Rashi or Jeremiah, what is this passage about? Is this, is Isaiah 53 about an individual or is it about, or is it about the whole nation? And Jeremiah says, listen, I know what the anti-missionaries are saying. I know that they're mocking your interpretation, but you know what? Based on my understanding, this is Jeremiah, this has to be an individual, individual. that's being mistreated by his own people. Yeah, and the only question is, who, who is this individual? Correct. Um, Correct. Yep, and, and, and again... We, we said it, some midrashim, some ancient midrashim of the rabbis, I don't know how to say midrash in English, yeah, but... Uh, midrash. <laughs> like a commentary. Commentary. Some commentaries before Rashi said that he talks about an individual and the king messiah, not only an individual, king messiah. So we're defending <laughs> Correct. that position. Well, it, and, and what that shows is, is that there were people that actually Jewish scholars 
that read this text and saw in this text an individual. Sadia Gaon saw an individual. Earlier Midrashim, they saw an individual. Yeah, and, and by the way, if we, if we take um, 50, uh, 52 verse 13, it says, My servant, if I'm, not, if, if I'm corrected, only God is described high and exalted. High and exalted in the book of Isaiah. Right. right? Correct. So not only it's, it couldn't be Israel, yeah, it's, it's God a, himself. So this servant of the Lord is not only an individual, it's a very uh, particular, interesting individual. The language there is totally inappropriate, right? The word Ram Venisai, high and lifted up, is used. The Gavameod, yeah. Exactly. It's used exclusively of, of the God of Israel in the book. But let's just, I want to hit the final, the final I'll problem. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's just assume for a moment. Let's just assume for a moment. That it is Israel. That this is Israel. Or the remnant of Israel. Like the remnant it. of Israel. Let, let's just assume for a moment that in spite of the fact that the context goes against it, in spite of the facts that that reading goes against the fact that, okay, so you're telling me the whole context is the redemption of Israel, but now suddenly the point of this passage is the redemption of the nations, the nations okay? Yeah. But let's talk about why, why there's a problem here. If this is about Israel, then we have a ser serious issue with mm. God's morality. Yeah, and this is what we the scholars call in Hebrew Yisurei Tmura. Yeah, so, Yisurei Tmura. so, so what Rashi is saying, what other anti-missionaries are saying, mm -hmm. is that innocent Israel, godly Israel, let's say the remnant of Israel, uh, the, the nations finally recognize that even though they've abused Israel, and, and they have, and even though they have mistreated and, and murdered innocent Jews who were godly and, didn't, and did nothing wrong, which is true. But what, what Rashi is saying and these anti-missionaries are saying is that these nations suddenly realize that all of Israel's sufferings, God had a purpose it in it. It was ordained by God. To what? To bring atonement for them. In other words, you've got this notion of national penal substitution. That's what we call in Hebrew Yisurei Tmurah. Exactly. Can you say it again in English? How it's national penal substitution. But the problem here, listen to this. Let's, let's assume once again, this is about innocent Israel, innocent remnant. They've kept the Torah. They've been godly. And now God has a plan. He has a plan to atone for anti-Semites. Wow. That's... That's the implication of, of Rashi's position. Yeah. So the way to atone for anti-Semites is through anti-Semitism. Yeah. And in fact, verse 10 of Isaiah 53, mm -hmm. but the Lord was pleased to crush him, pleased to crush Israel, putting him through to Through the grief, nations, yeah? Right? The nations, you know, God was pleased that Israel suffered so terribly, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, okay? What this this almost makes God a moral monster. Are you telling me that 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 Israel's suffering, Israel was brutalized, and the point of the brutalization, God was pleased because this was God's plan to rhythm. atone for these horrible nations that treated Israel so poorly. And not of course, it's if if Rush is right, it's a precedent in the in, in the Old Testament. We, we never see that. We never see somebody crushes Israel and, and, and gets atoned for or redeemed by crushing Israel. We don't see the nation. The nation are always attacked from Pharaoh 
attack Israel. But where do you see where do you see the Egyptians getting getting redemptions for doing so? Exactly. You know what's really interesting, Golan? Um, it is the it would be the only place because everywhere else, when Israel is godly, they're promised blessing. Number exactly, one in the Torah. Number two, even when Israel is godless and the nations come to judge Israel, like Assyria and Babylon, mm -hmm. what happens to those nations? God judges them. God judges. God always judges the nations for touching the apple of God's exactly. eye. And so this would be so inconsistent with every scripture that promises judgment for mistreating Israel. So in other words, in, in order to flee from the messianic interpretation, Rashi is even risking in, in, in this inconceivable suggestion. To, Correct. To, to create, uh, to, to portray God as, as, as you said, as a, as a monster that would take, uh, that would be pleased seeing Israel suffer. And, and this is just to, just to flee from the, the obvious messianic interpretation. Correct. And you know what's really interesting is if we stepped away from the national penal substitution, you know, that, that Israel is the lamb that suffers for the world, which is, it's, it's, it's inconceivable, right? But we do see a picture here, just like Jeremiah understands in the rejection of Jeremiah, this common theme of prophets being rejected. And if you think about Moses and a new Moses, mm -hmm. Moses was rejected by his people, but what was Moses doing? He was interceding, he was praying. He even said, for the sake of Israel, erase me out of the, the book, book of life, of life yeah. for the sake of my people. And so the thought of an individual that's being despised by his own people, the people of Israel, and he willingly, willingly is, is rejected and pierced and willingly put to death for the sake of his people yes. is very consistent with what we see in that the prophets eight, do. In verse eight, it specifically says in Hebrew, for the pesha ami, for the sins of my people. Correct. So the, either the, the Gentiles don't know how to speak English or, uh, or Hebrew or something, you know, for pesha ami, for the sins of my people. So Golan, we've been talking about this and you know, I, th I think the bottom line as we kind of land the plane here in this discussion Here's the good news. You, you know, you and I both, um, coming from, from Jewish families, Jesus was not something we ever talked never heard about. about I, I mean, never heard about it. Yeah, my father so. used to use the name as a curse word, right? Mm. But we came to faith and God took us on similar paths that we also decided to pursue an academic study of the Hebrew scriptures. Search the, the Old Testament, search the Tanakh, right? Correct. And so... I, I, we want to encourage the believers. We want to encourage you if this is, if you're watching this podcast and you're Christian and you're nervous about your translation, you're nervous about, well, maybe Isaiah 53 is not about Jesus. We want to encourage you. We're here to tell you that a careful study of the scriptures, a careful study of the context actually will strengthen your faith. Don't yeah. be intimidated by somebody that's mocking you for not, right, knowing, not Hebrew, knowing Hebrew, right? Context. Because the Hebrew is clear. And so praise God. I'm excited about this new series mm. and we're going to be dealing with other prophecies as well, right? Amen, amen. And the, although this one is the, like, the, the big, maybe the <laughs> biggest one <laughs> because so, it's so clear. So Golan, would you mind closing us in prayer and praying for maybe there's somebody here that doesn't yet believe in Jesus or maybe there's somebody that's watching us that that is a believer in Jesus and just really needs needs this encouragement. Amen. Could you close us in prayer? Amen. 
Heavenly Father, precious Lord, thank you. Thank you for uh, revealing the scripture for us. Thank you for uh, preserving uh, the scriptures uh, through your Holy Spirit, through your uh, prophets. Uh, thank you for giving us the opportunities to, uh, to the opportunity to see the Word of God as He really is through the context, through the, the, the specific language that points to a, a Redeemer, a Redeemer for the people of Israel, for uh, the sins of the people of Israel, and for the entire uh, world. Thank you for letting us um, uh, do this series, uh, produce this series. We just want to encourage everybody that listens to uh, know that the, the scriptures, the Old Testament, the Tanakh, is the, is the base, uh, a strong base, base for, for our faith, and we can trust it. And the deeper you go in scripture, the deeper your faith would go, uh, thanks to the, uh, the, 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 what God did through the Messiah Yeshua, which is in His name, uh, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Golan. This was great. <laughs> if this touched your heart, will you help pay it forward to reach others who need to hear this message? Partner with our team to bring the gospel to Israel and the nations.